Hello, and welcome to our latest edition on our podcast of Dad Educates Daughter on 80s Music. We're still in series one, and this is now episode 19, or is in the 80s, no, 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 19. I'm Russell, and this is my daughter, Rebecca. Hello. Hi, Dad. Why are you laughing? <laughs> no, 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 19. Is that really a thing? Yeah, yeah, you'll find out about that. Oh, much later on, because um, oh, it's in the male soloist, but yeah, Paul Hardcastle, but it was one of his songs, and it was a big, big hit in the mid-80s. Mm. Okay, bit odd. Yeah, okay. So, how how were you this week? All right. I don't know how to explain this week, though. Like... That's not good. The four groups I get, or four that became five, as we will explain later, I had big hopes for this. If I was you, I'd be looking forward to driving at work. I mean, I did enjoy it. Probably not as much as you would, but I don't know. Like, I think it's also because this is the first week that I've not recognised any music. Really? None at all? None. What? Someone sounded familiar, but I was like, I don't know your song. I can understand it with the, probably the first two, but the other two... You think I should recognise something from Level 42? Yeah, and definitely from Talking Heads. Talking Heads was the one that sounded familiar, but Level 42, no. Didn't recognise any of them. Well, as I said last week, one of these, I feel, are probably... I suppose now I've got older and more mature and listen to the music a bit more, you know, rather than whatever. One of these groups, I think, were very underrated in the 80s. Oh, okay. Which I did say last week when I gave you. Yeah, it, you uh, did. You'll be to a group, and um, you'll find out which one. But I'm surprised you haven't heard of a level forty-two or Talking Head song. Talking Head sounds familiar. Yeah, but level forty-two, nah, mm. not at all. Okay, I can't think of any songs like no. Okay, like this was a week where like literally everything was new to me. So like it's a good thing because I've really been introduced to different types of music and new music, but. It was weird because the past God knows how many weeks I've recognised at least one song. Well, no, I don't think you did on the heavy metal, surely. You did. Like, yeah, like with Kiss. And I was Mm. like, Crazy Crazy Nights? Why do I know this song? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There was once that I knew. Yeah. Okay. So before we uh, move on then, I just need to explain. So when I was looking into it, I come across a group connected with one of them that I hadn't come across, but they had had a hit, which I've subsequently sent on to you to listen to. You did. And that was the Tom Tom Club. So when we get to the group that they're to do with, I'll explain more about them. But just so uh, our listeners know that we have now included the Tom Tom Club, just to do a brief little bit on within this pod as well. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk music. Yes, let's do it. So first of all, then, favourite song from each artist? Yeah, got one. The only one that I want to question, though, Split Ends. So there was one song that you sent me, just the one. But then later on, you you were like, oh, here's some extra. So are they still within the 80s? And am I... Yes, yes, yes. Still within the 80s. Still within the 80s, but I'll explain why you had why some extra songs on top and why you only right. had one to begin with when we come to to talk about them but yes 
all the songs today were 80s songs. There's not one, not one of these are in the 70s. They're all 80s. Right. Okay. okay. Oh, sorry, you did, you'd listen to one song in the 90s. Okay. No, that's fine. But I not, just didn't want yeah. to... I didn't know how to do split ends because, see, with there being one song, I was like, well, I can't really pick a favourite. No, and that's why, again, I when I like looked it into don't. it and saw what I found out, I then sent you those other songs. Yeah. And I'll explain, well, obviously, fine, why, um, I suppose, the background to them, why mm. why you only had one song originally. Okay. So, right. okay. best songs so, yeah, in camp it. Yeah. So, new music yeah. was Sanctuary. Okay. Split ends, I went for Dirty Creature. Okay. Level 42 was The Sun Goes Down, Living It Up. Yeah, yeah, good song, good choice. And Talking Heads was Road to Nowhere. Oh, another good choice. And, oh, so, so new music, Sanctuary. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is that is an interesting one. Why would that not be your favourite? No, Living by Numbers. Mm, that was a close second, to be fair. Yeah. Do you like that song, but Sanctuary yeah. just stuck out to me. No, 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 no. That's that's um interesting. And that just shows you the difference in, in taste and that, and you'll mm. see where Sanctuary is as far as new music go. Um, number ones. Any? I went for none. Spot on. We have oh, no well, number right. ones this yeah. week. I did I yeah. just didn't think anything was like a really, really up no. there song. No, you're right. We didn't really have anything in the top five either. I think the highest was, oh no, sorry, we had a number three. Yes, we had a number three. But other than that, it was number six. We had a couple of number sixes, um, but nothing nothing bigger than that. Yeah. So you were right to say none. Yeah, I tend to go off like, because I don't recognise any of the bands. Like I say, I don't recognise any songs. I'm like, okay, they couldn't have got majorly top. I mean, I know in previous episodes when I've gone our number ones and it's been songs that I've not heard of before, but I might have recognised the band or something. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying about underrated. Although, as I said, back in the in the 80s, charts weren't such a big thing. It was, you know, they put the out the single. I mean, it was still a big thing, but it was more about album sales. Yeah. As such. It's because it was all done differently, so... Yeah, yeah, and there was much more, I think, music uh, around as well, as we're, as you're finding out. We're still in we're still in 1980, mm. although, obviously, some of these... They, they, I mean, the way I've done it is it's the, when they first released, they had a, first had a hit, so we're still in the early 80s, but there was a lot of music around. Yeah. Okay, so last week, I gave you new music, mm-hmm. Split Ends, yeah. Level 42... Yeah. And Talking Heads. Yeah. And I have since added on Tom Tom Club to listen stroke watch. So starting with new music, was your thoughts on those? So they were straight in with the lyrics, like right up my street, catchy, repetitive. But when I was second listening to it and doing my notes, when I was listening to songs, I was like, why don't I remember these? Like, I know they're obviously the first ones that I listened to, so it, w- it would have been a while since I listened to them. But I was like, they didn't they didn't stick out to me. When I was listening to the songs, I was like, why didn't they stick out to me? Those are pretty good songs. So I don't know. Like, maybe I just had a week where I didn't pay as much attention. I don't know. The one thing that I do remember... This is the one thing that stuck out to me, though, because when I was listening to it again, I was like, oh, yeah, I do remember. In their song, This World of Water, they've got like a weird 
sounds like a chipmunk. Sounds like the only way I can explain it is that it sounds like Alvin and the Chipmunks singing. Right, okay. I'll, I don't remember that one. I'll have to re-listen to that. I can't remember. Yeah, like yeah. it's little intervals throughout the song. They've got like this weird. I can only explain it as it sounds like Alvin and Chipmunks, and that stuck out to me. I was like, I've got to say that because it's just odd. Like it's got to be like some girl or something or a really high pitched man. I don't know, but it's got to be someone that like. But it sounds like Alvin and Chipmunk, so that that stuck out. But when you take that Chipmunk sound out, all their songs, I mean, you only gave me three, but they all sound similar to each other. So, like, I feel like when you've listened to one, you've listened to them all kind of thing. They do have that difference, like, within their choruses, and it is catchy and whatnot. And I want to say... They've got an electric tone, but I say that about everything at the minute. I think I'm just waiting for the electric like to come in. Uh, no, de- definitely. Um, you're right. New Music Ooh. who were formed in 1977 in southwest London. So they were from around Wimbledon Way, two in. That's, oh, that's yeah. That area. And um, they are known as a synth pop band. Oh, okay. Yeah. To be fair, in the video, I did think that I saw a uh, synthesizer. So I used to saw that. Also, when I was listening to him, I was like, they sound really young. But then when I watched the videos, I was like, oh, you're not that young. Like, they're quite, they're not old. They're probably like your age. Like, I don't know, maybe a bit younger than you, but like, they're like not as, like, I thought they'd be like 20s, but they look like 40s. I don't know. But well, it I was weird. I, I think they're older than me. They're older than you. I would have been. Oh, okay. they, they, they were releasing albums in 1980. I certainly weren't releasing albums <laughs> in 1980. Not like releasing any albums, but I was still at school. No, but I mean. I was still in fir- mid- first school oh, or middle school. I what wasn't I mean, releasing albums. No, no, no. But what I mean is they look as old as what you are now. Oh, not no, right, okay. not right, how old you. you were when they were there. Right, I was going to say. How old do you think they are? Between you now. Right, okay. <laughs> so they look about their 40s. In the 80s, right. they looked like, okay, yeah. I'm with you. I'm really, I'm with you. I'm but with you. they sounded a lot younger. So I was a bit shocked to see that they were that old. And I've got a question for you. I don't know whether you did, but I swear. Why did people in the 80s have, like, dodgy haircuts? Was that just a the style then? And I'm just used to the style of men's haircuts now. Like, but it's just like, yeah, like, it's all floppy and there's not much style to it. It's just kind of there on their head. There, there was, I mean, yeah, the hairstyles were a big thing, but I don't think, I'm trying to remember what they look like and I, I honestly can't, but I don't recall them having the mullets or the spiky hair and that, which is the 80s look. No, no. Yeah, but at least that's yeah. styled, whereas their hair was just kind of plucked on their head. Like, it, were, it weren't short, it weren't like, long. Like it was just is. kind of... <laughs> yeah, <On> but... <laughs> I mean, like, it's like they've done nothing to it. Oh, like, it's just there. Maybe. And I'm like, all right, yeah. so you're not... And is that in the, all the videos? Yeah. One video you know, yeah, no, I'm all like, of them. Um, yeah. But, yeah. And their, like, style. Like, in one video, they had, like, a bit of tweed on, a bit of flannel, checkered shirts... And they didn't really match. None of them matched. And that was in Sanctuary. And then in Living by Numbers, they were a bit more coordinated. And they all had white white suits on. Sure, it was white suits. But yes, yeah, so I just don't think that they really knew what their style was either. 
I've just looked up, just so you know, that new music were made up of Tony Mansfield on vocals, Clive Gates on keyboards, Tony Hibbert on bass, and Phil Towner on drums. So the original keyboardist was Nick Straker, but he left in 1979 after their oh, first so single flopped, the 80s. which I'll come to. Right. And then obviously they replaced him with Clive Gates. Now, Tony Mansfield, the vocalist, I've just looked up. He was born in 1955, January. So he is 66. Now, but yeah, back then. Yeah. So I was right about their age. About 30s, 40s. Yeah, they have been uh, late 20s, late 20s for 1980. Well, they look old. Probably compared to what you've listened to at the moment. Well, they I are apologize. probably, you know, we're looking at groups uh, probably. But as I say, they, yeah. they did um, their first single was 1979. Wow. And they formed in 77? Yes. Okay, so they didn't get a single that long after. No. That's all right. And it would have been 20, what, two when they formed? Yeah. So probably, yeah, I suppose yeah. the others were forming like when they left uni or college or whatever, wherever they yeah. met. Yeah, but I mean, like, they'd look older than that. Yeah. Like, for me to think, like, I would say, like, maybe 30. At school. <laughs> I don't know. Strange Strange life. life. Didn't have the bus. They had to walk. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> no, they, they're, um, they're in their 60s now, which is probably no different to no, most no, of the others. No, late no, late 50s, early 60s. So yeah. No diff- not much different. So, yeah, so... Um, Formed, as I said, in 1977 in southwest London. And um, Tony Mansfield was actually from Wimbledon. And hey. Hibbert was from Tooting. So, as I said, around that yeah. area. Um, Phil Towner on drums and Tony Hibbert, the bass player, they both left in 81. Oh. After the second album. And then Towner was replaced with a Cliff Venner. But no bass. They didn't bring in a new bass bassist. So the last album, their final album, because they split, just so you know, not long after their third album. So in 82, they split. Oh, so they didn't last long at all? There was no bass on the final album. Okay. Did I listen to any of that music? You did. Um, Did you? Yes, you did. So they'd done a cover of the Beatles' All You Need Is Love. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And I'll explain why. So, so they had three albums. Just, just to round up about them, they had three albums. Only one really charted in the top forty, which was number thirty-five, which was from A to B. Oh, okay. Which was their first album, and they only had one top twenty single. Just one. Just one. So, you listen to three songs. Yeah. Only one of those got to the top twenty. Now, their first single, as I said earlier, was in nineteen. 79 and that only got to number 58 oh okay so yeah so so they didn't um, really do that well but well when i say they didn't do that well it's like yeah it's not all about the charts but obviously you've got to get sales to get in the charts so if you're not getting getting yeah they only had four songs well i say released but made in the top 100 or whatever it shows so straight lines was their 1979 one, which you didn't listen to, and that was got to number 53. And obviously after that is when their original keyboardist, Nick Straker, left, and he actually went and set up his own band, the Nick Straker Band. Now, I've never heard of it, so I'm guessing it 
didn't do much. I haven't looked into it, but it's not a band I've come across. Uh, uh-huh. So he went off and done that. And they were, as I said, they replaced him with Clive Gates. So after their sex, so bear in mind, they bought out three albums and they mm-hmm. literally bought them out in 1980, 1981 and 1982. So and then they years. So, yeah. Yeah. so after their second album, Anywhere, which was in 1981, mm-hmm. that flopped. It only got to number 68 in the album chart. Oh. That's when Phil Towner and Tony Hibbert obviously both left as well. Obviously realised that we're not going anywhere. Time, time to get a proper job or whatever they went and done. At the same time, which might have been another reason why they left, I don't know the reason, they were dropped by, they were with GTO Records, which was like an independent records. That mm-hmm. had been taken over by CBS, which was a big record company. Right. And they moved all their artists that they wanted to keep onto the epic record label okay however Were they new music was them? one of those they didn't keep they they dropped them completely so not only did they lose so that i don't know which way round it went they either lost the record deal and then two members left or two members left and then they also went and lost their record label but either either way it wasn't um, a good time for them they didn't know and, and now all their back catalogs are owned by sony music what's a back catalog uh, their albums and what have you that obviously they've made. Oh, so as right. I said, they've made three albums. Two of them would have been with GTO. That is now owned by Sony Music. Okay. Because all of GTO's back catalogue obviously went to CBS and they've since sold it or I don't know if Sony took over CBS, but yeah, Sony Music now own it. So right, new okay. music, bear in mind now, they, they've had two albums. They haven't really done much. You know, mm-hmm. they haven't broke the top 10 with their single. They haven't really... As I said, their best charting album was number 35. Their follow-up was 68, so they're getting worse, not better. Yeah. Their third album, Warp, which they released in 1982, was released by themselves, and it was an experimental album. Oh. And by that, I mean it was almost entirely electronic. Okay. And one of, if not the first, albums to be recorded primarily with digital samplers and emulators. Now, it's a bit techno, and I don't totally understand all that, but obviously what they're saying is they produced it themselves, they've done it, and it was done with just digital samplers and emulators. So it's very digital-wise, and they were one of the first, if not the first, to, to have done that. That's cool. And the album featured a synthesised version of the Beatles' hit song, All You Need Is Love, which I listened to, and I thought it was okay. It was, I suppose, because the beat, we, we, you know, everyone knows what the Beatles are, and if you try and yeah, about yeah, songs, like I listened just, to you know, it, but it, it was, I think they done an okay job for yeah, mind, it wasn't yeah. a synthesized song. Mm. I think when you do a cover though, and you change it that much, like me, I don't know you, but all you can do yeah, is yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was, and then yeah, like it's hard yeah. to do it. But now right I look at it and I think it's actually big. they were doing it as you know, it was they didn't release it. It was just an album. In fact, from what I can see, they didn't release any of the singles. Right. They just obviously put the album straight yeah. out there. But it was just a song. It was just a, a an experimental album mm. because they obviously saw from the likes of who we've spoken to about, you know, OMD, yeah, Gary Newman, what was happening, you know, and obviously Human League and that were now on the scene as well. Um, like, let's have a try. Let's yeah, Depeche Mode um, and um, obviously Visage and Ultra. Yeah. And they yeah. obviously they weren't down that route. I mean, they were. I suppose living by numbers is very synthy, but it's it's very singable. 
it's discreet it's not like in your face yeah. like it's just and then there. they went with this electronic and as i say yeah they they've done a, a version i thought it was okay i probably at the time if i heard it i thought oh they've ruined this song it'd have been it'd probably been like that yeah see you've listened to it knowing about it yeah. so i've listened to it not knowing about no, their experimental no. so you've sent it to me and i've listened to it and i've gone what on earth is this yeah, yeah. and i'm there like Mm, and it's more instrumental, yeah. like with the electronic yeah. thing, than obviously the original. That I'm now comparing it and being like, mm, no, 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 and that's what, what I think what people have they would have done. said at now, the time. Yeah, but now you've explained, I'm like, all oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm with it, yeah. I get it. Like, but going in blind, not knowing why yeah. I'm listening to it or anything, I was just like, oh, I, I was actually mm, surprised really. that I could get it because Warp, obviously, they bought it out themselves. It wouldn't have got much. Airplay or anything like that, it probably didn't have much sales. I shouldn't think there's many people, those who actually own it, other than probably people that were really into new music at the time. And when I, was I bought say the like, album, no matter I bet what, not many people knew um, about but it. But other than that, I wouldn't have said not a lot of people knew about it. Obviously, no, the good thing not. with the internet now is you can you can find things. But yeah. the fact that there was an out that you know isn't none of the the singles. There wasn't a single off that album that then was released as such. So yeah, so. I was quite chuffed when I found because when I read about it, I thought oh, I'll have to find that, but I can't. And then I found it, and yeah, as as you say, you know, because I knew the background, I probably listened to it a bit differently. With it, you had a different view take on it to begin with. Yeah, but I can see why people go, "Oh, they've ruined." Yeah, know, they're, oh, they've ruined but I think that about quite a lot of covers. Like it has to be like a really amazing cover. I mean, we've sat here and, yeah, and no, spoken saying, about covers, cover and we've said how like people that I've listened to, like who keeps coming up, Atomic Kitten keep coming up, and yes, obviously yeah. I grew up with them and listened to them, but I never knew the originals. So I think it also depends how you do it. Yeah. Yeah, and like Tainted Love, yeah. I did not know that wasn't Soft Cells. Yeah, exactly. So they yeah, did that really well. And you know, weren't they? Yeah, because obviously... Blondie, didn't... They no, we've not listened to... Blondie. Yeah, Blondie, didn't she have a yeah, yeah. cover and you didn't know that was a cover? Yeah, I think there yeah, was. Yeah, just so one and it was... There was, there was but then that, yeah. that song got covered as well. I'm sure it was The Tide as High. I'm sure it was that one. Yeah, yeah. But So yeah, it depends how you do it. It depends how you get it out and everything. So... But when you cut, if you're going to cover someone like the Beatles, it's yeah. quite hard to better than them, isn't it? Like, if you're going to do an experimental, you might as well do it on the one of the biggest or the biggest group that had been exactly, and um, one of their bigger hits. Yeah. So yeah, obviously the uh, Warp album didn't do that work. I don't know where it charted. I haven't got anything. I don't think it did. Um, but New Music disbanded not long after that. I reckon they just really wanted to try and was like, right, okay, let's just give it one last shot. Let's do what other people are doing and see. And then if not, we call it a day. Yeah. They disbanded shortly after. And so in 1982, so Tony Mansfield, the songwriter and the vocalist, he became a producer. So I wonder whether he was actually, whether that was on the back of him producing probably the Warp album. Yeah. And then he like helped others. And um, he's a highly skilled in using the Fairlight CMI synthesizer. Oh, okay. So the so Fairlight was one of the, the big... Top of the range? Top of, yeah. Um, I don't know about top of the range, whether it's top of I don't know. But obviously it's one of the main ones they used back then. Yeah. It's probably seen as a basic now but <laughs> and um, he went on to produce many successful albums oh, okay so he's probably oh go on aha's debut album hunting high and low oh really 
really? Which I knew. I'd come across Tony Mansfield, but I didn't know he was from New Music until I read this. And then when I saw his name, I then went, hang on, is that the same Tony Mansfield? And then when I looked into him, I found out he went on to be a producer. I thought it's got to be him. And it does actually say that he produced a Haas debut album. And he also had a version of Take On Me, which is out on the internet. I had a listen because it was unreleased. They didn't like it. Well, Aha, I've got a version, another version of Take On Me. So there's a Tony Mansfield produced version of Take On Me, which Aha didn't release, or the, 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 either Aha or Warner Brothers, who they were with um, between them, didn't like it. And they then redone another one um, with Alan Tarney. And, um, but Tony Mansfield's version, I did find. Did you like it? Uh, I suppose, well, there's so many different versions now because they're, they're, I mean, we haven't come to a heart, but their first version didn't do that great either. Oh, I didn't know this. So, yeah, so, but we'll come to that. But yeah, so this was a version that they actually turned down and right. didn't get released. If it had done any better, had they? But it, let's say it had, it could have changed the whole of Aha. When we talk about Aha, you'll find out what, what the implications of them not doing well with their first version meant on their second version okay um, so yeah so it had it had they gone with it and it done well we might not have um had something else to talk about with a heart but we'll come to that when we come to them but yeah so he was involved in their first album Ooh. so he become a a producer and obviously did well, well in that probably, sense probably learned that from doing the walk do it yeah like self-taught you know, more than anything it was very electronic and he is as i say he was highly skilled in using the Fairlight, which is probably what they used for that album. And obviously he would have probably been learning to produce as well at the same time. Mm. So, yeah. When you said that that Fairlight is probably pretty basic now, do people still yeah. use synthesizers or am I stupid? Of course they do. No, Erasure, definitely. And I suppose others, others are still around. I would say Depeche Mode are still around. I think they would. I don't know about today's music, but right, okay, so it's more than eight. So uh, right, okay, that's what I was thinking. Out City, they're they're classed as electronic bands, so they're and they're you know recent, um, and yeah. there's been others. So yeah, definitely. Okay, definitely. yeah, that, yeah. I don't. I'm just like they're I can't think of any more, any electronic music. You know, music much that... more advanced now than what they yeah. were doing back then, when especially when Craftwork first started. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Okay. So new music. Three songs. I will just tell you their chart positions. So 1980, all of them were 1980. So Living by Numbers, number 13. Okay. That was their biggest hit. Oh, so, okay. This World of Water, number 31. Right. And your favourite, Sanctuary, number 31. Oh, okay, so it's not the worst one. But it's not the worst. Well, it's equal worse. <laughs> They're both 31. I like ones that don't top very high. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's like good. mine, my favourites are either the biggest hit and they get in the top 10 or near the top or the worst ones. I never go for a mediocre. I like it when, I've, when I really like the ones that haven't done that well because I'm not going with everyone else. Yeah. I might have to listen to that because I can't it's remember it. So um, I'll, I'll have a listen. Okay, so moving on then, split ends. Yeah. What did you make of them? So I was worried because like, I only had the one song and, and then last week you sent me more and I was like, right, okay. 
what's this all about? So obviously I listened to the one song. I didn't listen to the, like, the songs that you've sent me as extras, I've only listened as a go-through once because, funnily enough, they're not on Spotify. Right. So, like, we had to find them on YouTube. So yes. I didn't listen to them until yeah. I was, like, at home and doing my notes and everything. So they only got one listen through. But for some reason, the one song... They sound a bit similar to new music, but then when I listened to the extras, I was like, no, you're nothing like new music. So I think the one song compared to the last four songs are a bit different from each other, really. But I feel like they're they're quite chill and they kind of stay at one tone. There's no like upbeat, and I feel like I'm waiting for something to happen. Like Dirty Creature was more giving me something, but the others were quite chilled out they had that 80s sound that I can never explain and they've got weird names like the I got you that you sent me first that's all right but the others that you sent me like dirty creature and all right one step ahead's not that weird it's like six months in a leaky boat like what why like what why are some song names odd like just be normal but yeah anyway yeah like there weren't much really going on like they're, they're quite quiet as well like I don't know I can't really explain these like you've got dirty creature that gives me a bit of something six months in a leaky boat does give you a bit of something then you've got like I got you one step ahead and was it history never repeats they're a bit just chill you're waiting for something and it never really comes and it usually comes at the chorus it's kind of like no okay you're quite chilled out like I don't really know how to take you yeah they have some weird videos as well I feel like I've not had, do you remember like back a few, like a while ago, I was like, I feel like every week I get a weird band. Not had one of them in a while because we've been very focused on a genre, but this was the weird band. They've got weird songs, weird names, yeah. and they're just a bit odd. This was it. But they look normal. <laughs> they look like normal humans. They just do weird videos. Like, you know, like usually like if they're a bit odd, they might dress weird or do weird, something weird. They're just like, just... They look normal. Like, I can't even explain it. Yeah, but they're they like, do, yeah, in one yeah. video, they're like, you've got a guy running, but he's just kind of running in a bit of a slow yeah, mo. Yeah, he's not yeah. going anywhere. And then that's in a box in a corner. And then behind that, you've mm. got weird clips. And then in another, then that was one step ahead. And then in history never repeats. It's kind of like the same thing. Like, I can't even explain their videos. They're just odd. And I don't, <laughs> I can't tell you how many people are in the you got to remember, this is... Yeah, yeah, they were really experimenting. Yeah, before, the, before the videos, yeah. But, yeah. So, um, if if I was to tell you, you listened to a number one... Yeah, but you've already said that I haven't. But you did. But you said I haven't, and you said that the extra songs are included as yeah. this week. So, yeah. you lied to me. And then, I haven't lied to you. What I'm trying to say is you have listened to a number one. From these? From these. Did, these was it, like, re-released... Um, so chart count. placings of the ones you've listened to Really? Yeah, just unfortunately not in this country As I'll explain Oh, okay, right, so okay Split ends were Tim Finn on vocals Right Eddie Rayner on keyboards Nigel Griggs on bass Neil Finn, Tim's brother On guitar Malcolm Green on drums And Noel Crombie on percussion Stroke backing vocals they are known as a pop rock band. Okay. Part of the new wave, All which right. is a big thing, as I said. 
They were formed in 1972 okay. by Brian Tim Finn. He went by Tim, obviously, over Brian. And Phil Judd, who was a guitarist with them, but he left before, oh, okay. um, obviously, before the 80s, in Auckland, New Zealand. Right. Oh, that's a new place. We've not had an Australia, like a New Zealand. Yeah. Judd left in 1977, by which the most known lineup above was formed. So the original lineup, which right. pretty much was Don't only Tim Finn really um, they all left, and then Tim literally got this new one up. Basically, with obviously his brother in it as well. And then Malcolm Green, a drummer, he left in 1981 and was replaced by Paul Hester. Okay, right. Unfortunately, Paul Hester died in 2005 through suicide. Oh. Um, he was known by friends and family of suffering from depression. Oh. He split up from his wife, and he um, hanged himself. So, yeah, oh. but he went on to do more stuff. We'll come back to Paul Hester a bit later. Um, so, yeah, so Split Ends had actually six albums in the 80s. Yeah, to begin with, you only gave me one song. Yeah. So they couldn't, and yet they were the biggest chart yeah, top in. we'll come to that. I did say in no, another okay. country. So six albums during the 80s, including in 1989, a best of Split Ends. Right. Ten albums in total. Okay. However, only two were released in the UK. Okay, right. I'm with of you. which only True Colours in 1980 reached the top 40. Again, like new music, number 30. Are these your ones that you're <laughs> so going to say? These are the underrated ones. No. Oh, okay. Right. Um, so they had one top 20 single. Okay. Which you obviously know what it is because you originally had only had that one. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Although in New Zealand and Australia, they had much better success. Right. So is that why I've got the extra songs? Yes. So that I had something else to listen yes. to and compare And I'll to, explain why. But in the UK, if we were literally... It was just, just one off, album, I would just one have listened song, to one. And yeah. that was it. So right, in okay. New Zealand, so their home country, yeah, they had 11 top 40 hits of which five were in the top 10 oh so yeah they did a lot better then. including a number one with i got you okay while in australia they had nine mm. top 40 hits so mm. two less in new zealand yeah again five of those got to the top 10 yeah and again i got you reached number one. Oh. So of the others, One Step Ahead got to number five in Australia, number six in New Zealand. It wasn't released in the UK. Ah. History Never Repeats got to number four in Australia, while in New Zealand it got to number five. In the UK, it only got to number 63. Okay. Dirty Creature, your favourite? Yep. That got to number three in New Zealand, while in Australia it got to number six. Right. It didn't get released in the UK. 
So, like, why don't they work? Like, why? I want to. I suppose I'd like to understand that money as well. Right, okay, yeah. You know, they've got to press it, ship over the albums. Unless they're going to make a lot of money, they they're not going to really back it. That's why, as I I mean, you know, I got you. I'll I'll let you know now, rather than at the end. Only got to number twelve in the UK, which is good for you. That is quite good. good. But it was a number one in both. Yeah, so it didn't do. So they were literally like an Australian New Zealand band. Like they yeah, never yeah, well, really came over yeah. here. No. They just every now and then released a song over here. Yeah. And yeah. right. So, okay. um, and the last one of their, so I got you was number one, uh, one step ahead. The best chart position was in Australia. Number five history never repeats again in Australia. Got to number four, dirty creature, New Zealand, number three. And then lastly, mm-hmm. six months in a leaky boat. It was released in the UK, got to right. number 83. Oh. However, well, where'd it get over there? In New Zealand, it got to number seven. What about Australia? In Australia, it, it got to number two. Oh, wow. Okay. So you can see the difference in the chart positions in Australia yeah. and New Zealand. Hence, you know, five top 10 hits in both of those countries with those five songs, yeah. including I Got You as a number one. In both. Compared to where they got in England. Yeah. Well, okay. Really. Nowhere. No. But then so, they weren't releasing the songs, really. But then the songs no. that they did release over here didn't do that well anyway. So yeah. I guess you they would probably have didn't have the, They were probably with a, an Australian or New Zealand record company as well. Mm. And they probably didn't have the backing when they yeah. brought over here to promote the songs yeah. either. Yeah, you know, I got you would have probably probably got on top of the pops. Um, it obviously got airplay, but it wouldn't have pushed. Whether they came far. over here to promote it, I don't know. Yeah. It would have cost a hell of a lot of money to have got from Australia or New Zealand to England back in. You know, I mean, it's, it's a lot now. an expense now, but back then it'd have been even more. Yeah. So you know, it would have been very hard. Which is why when I obviously read about them and found the extra songs, I gave you those because. They are still good songs of theirs, obviously, when you look at it from where they come from. And I wouldn't say Australian have much different taste to us. Mm. It's just that it they, they something, I suppose in, it was easier for English bands to promote in Australia than it was the other way around. Yeah. Because in Australia, that there would have probably been less to less compete, compete with from their, yeah. their shores. Whereas if you're coming from their shores to compete in our shores, you've got a lot to go by. You're in amongst a hell of a lot of um, more artists yeah. at the time. I'm with you. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So the band actually disbanded in 1984. Oh, so they didn't last. Oh, no, but they started at the beginning so, of the 70s. Well, they started in 72, but they didn't really. So they're more of a 70s until... band, really. Yeah. Yeah. But so, in Australia. Well, no, 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 no. no. They're... So their first. Uh, they did release they got to number 15 in 1977 with my mistake over here um, 1970 no 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 obviously only in australia right um they got to number 15 again with icy red in 1978 and then i got you which was their propelled um so hits wise they are like an 80s band that's when they did the the best yeah, yeah. so six months in a leaky boat which was their last big hit that was 1981. Sorry, 1982. Oh, right, they did okay. have a number 12 in Australia with Message to My Girl in 1983. And then that, that was, that was it. much it. And as I say, they disbanded in 1984. Oh, OK. When they disbanded, Neil Finn and Paul Hester, mm-hmm. they went on to form a band called Crowded House. 
you you're saying that like I should have heard of it. Always take the weather with you. Mm, no. No. I mean, okay. if you put it on, oh. maybe you are, we you are them talking again. to me. Remember, yeah. you could put you could play that song, and I'd be like, oh yeah, I know this, but never knew the person, the artist, or the name of it. So. Yeah, I'm not a singer, but <laughs> everywhere you go. Oh yeah, see, see, yeah, 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 I know that. Yeah, yeah, that's crowded right. house. See, I told they you. They went on so. If you sing it, so I know crowded it. house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So crowd. Well, I wouldn't say that was singing. Uh, but yeah, but I, I know it. Uh, <laughs> so crowded house was, in a sense, the next stage of split ends, because literally uh, they disbanded it... in 1984, and, went... and then in 1985, two of split ends members formed crowded house yeah yeah and tim finn neil's brother eventually joined also in 1990 okay so they had the majority of yeah. split ends anyway. so then they had three of their members yeah and eddie rayner who was the keyboardist of split ends he joined for tours so he was like a tour in he oh. extra for tours as well yeah yeah so they they literally so basically ends yeah became crowded split house okay Right, yeah. And did they do better as Crowded House? Oh, they were bigger, yeah. They were known, because I suppose then you had more money in the music, they, they could do more. Yeah. I think Crowded House probably was what they envisaged Split Ends to be, Yeah. in a way. They just didn't have the money and that behind Split Ends. And then Crowded House came along and it was, I suppose it got easier. So did they release more in the UK with Crowded House then? Oh, I'm not sure. I suppose that would be for when we were... Look at crowded go, house. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I will just quickly have a look to see if I can see. As I say, they definitely um, did had better as crowded a house. Bigger hit. Um, I say a bigger hit. I don't actually know where um, always said the weather with you reached. That's how I know it. Again, still bigger in um, New Zealand and Australia. I mean, that's their yeah. home country. There was isn't it? So I don't gonna... dream it's over. Got to number twenty-seven in the UK. It was actually number one in New Zealand and Canada. So, um, again, no, they're not a, a lot of songs done better elsewhere than over here. In fact, have I got it wrong? Did they not do always say, oh, I thought it was, yeah, Weather With You got to number seven in the UK, actually done better over here than it did in Australia and New Zealand. So, that was their biggest hit over here. Okay. Um, nothing else sticks out after that, to be honest. So, yeah. Probably not as big. Even in Australia, they didn't have a number one. They had a number two. We'd better be home soon. But no number one in Australia. They actually done better with split ends. That'll be interesting when we get to there. And then obviously, I don't know the timelines. Um, but it looks like they were still going when um, Paul Hester took his own life. Okay. So that is split ends. I've already told you where they came. Number 12, 1980 with I Got You. Yep. Moving on then to level 42. Yeah. What did you make of them? So these ones, I had a lot of songs for these. So I was expecting these to be like the best, you know, nice variety. They did have a nice variety of songs. They had like a very vast sounding of songs to the point where I could not even guess a genre for these because there was so many, all right, not so many songs, but like enough where you've got like that variety and the different types and they're playing around with different sounds that I really can't put my finger on anything. And you're right, they were formed in 1979 yeah. 
in the Isle of Wight. Oh, that's a new place. So we haven't been there no, we yet. Haven't been there. Um, they were known as a jazz funk band, but mm. also a sophisty pop stroke synth pop band. Right. Okay. So yeah, a bit. Of so everything. that's probably why you can see yeah, different bits. Like so. I, I didn't really know what to listen yeah. out for or anything. They were sing along. Got some catchy choruses, but a few of their songs really annoyed me because they do a really long instrumental at the beginning. I'm like, what are you doing this for? Like, just get into your song. And did they have more than one vocalist? Yeah, well, they, they saw, I mean, Mark King was the main vocalist, but Mike Lindup did vocals as well. Right, okay, because like when you're listening, like one song, yeah. it sounds like this, and then the next song, yeah. I was like, I swear this is a different person. Like, right, okay. Um, they became very chilled in the middle of the songs that you gave me. So let's say mid-80s, whenever this spreads by. And like during that period, it was more background music. Like when I was listening, it was more like, okay, yeah, not really having to listen to you, quite chilled out, you're just doing what you're doing. Heaven in my hands really brought it back. Um, that one was nearly one of my favourites, but it didn't really beat The Sun Goes Down. Yeah, like, I don't know. I feel like they had fun with what they were doing. And these, to me, I could hear these being played on the radio. These are like a radio band. Like, does that mean so commercial? Like commercial. Yeah. That's where they are to me. Yeah, yeah. They got more commercial um, as they got. They sort of obviously started, got to that peak, yeah. and then came back down. Yeah, that's where I put them. The only thing with these is, like, sometimes, and I don't know which vocalist it is, I'm guessing it must be the main one, whoever you just said, King Mark King, yeah. Um, he can sound a bit, like, I put robotic, but more, like, monotoned, like, just sings in the same tone. I don't know. I don't know what it is. No. And I would probably agree... And that's why I've said about them being underrated. So these are your underrated? I don't think people appreciated them as much in the 80s as they probably do now. Is my, I know I didn't. And it's only as I got older, I think, well, actually, I like, I like all their music. There's not much I don't like with Level 42. They weren't really they weren't, I mean, they were okay. successful, but they didn't have no number ones. They weren't a group that... You know, if you ask people to to name 80s group, they'd probably be one of the ones that they're suddenly thinking, oh, oh level 42, you know, that sort of, you know, mm-hmm. when you're in them after you've named about 20 or 30 groups. Yeah, they're coming They're not always someone that, oh, yeah, level 42, I remember them. Yeah, I forgot about them. That, I, f- I just think they're that sort of group. Mm. Do they appear on compilation too? They would appear, I definitely would say, with like Lessons in Love, um, Running in the Family, those sort of which were at their peak right um, okay but probably not not you know mate the sun goes down but i've something about you maybe um but yeah not then weren't that's what i'm saying they weren't they were obviously part of the 80s and they were a you know they were often yeah. in the top and for this they week they, like they had the, the most songs that, so they all got they never yeah i don't think they ever yeah. There was too much competition. People liked yeah, others and I suppose a bit more. Well, and lost music, in the crowd kind of thing. It, you know, sophisty pop, I suppose, is what I would class them as. Jazz, funk, sure. Um, maybe earlier. But yeah, they mm. didn't really pigeonhole themselves in the mainstream with the new... They weren't the new romantics. Like yeah, what was out and about. Duran Duran. 
they weren't obviously with the electro yeah. side of things which is what I was into they just done the music you know decent music but not they were just nothing, there as you said you know, what they wanted to stood do out. monotone whatever you want to, however you want to put it but for me they are I would say when I look back now I would say they were probably one of the underrated bands the the most underrated band of the 80s mm. for me okay I think they're just someone that can kind of just slip in though but I think it's just their music I could quite easy I mean I've got their greatest hits I think I've got one in in the family as well and I did buy guaranteed um album and their albums are you could just put them in and just listen to them in the car that's what I mean like they're just background music there's nothing really like not background music where I'd like zone out but I mean like they're just just put them on and you have them on and they've got some songs where you know you're really really into it like the ones that you've mentioned they're ones that I feel like you can get really into or even like the Chinese way that's another really good one that I liked yeah Tracy that was another yes yeah it's like those ones but then you've got the ones that come in between that that are just a bit yeah there no and I get that and that's what and I suppose that's what I'm saying they are they're underrated because they released out they released songs that were probably for other groups would have just been an album filler. Yeah, yeah, them, yeah. You know, um, but yeah. So talking about them, so level 42, as I've already touched on, Mark King, vocals and bass. Yep. Mike Lindup, keyboards. Phil Gould on drums. Roland Boone, as he was known, Gould on guitar. And then the Gould brothers left in 1987 and they were replaced by Gary Husband on drums and... Alan Murphy on guitar. See, that's one thing. When I was listening to them, they sound like there's quite a few people. But then when I watched the videos, there's not as no. many people as I thought. And then you read it now, there really isn't yeah, that there many people well. anyway. You had your vocalist and he was a bass player, which I'll come to a bit later. Uh, you had your keyboarder, your drums and your guitar. Four. That's it. So Gould, as in Phil Gould, the drummer, and Mark King, they got introduced to music through Wally Badaru, Badaru, who played Simps for Robin Scott's pop project M. And he actually had a number one hit in the US with pop music. So that's the person who got them involved into music. Okay. And he actually toured with them and things like that as well, to be honest. And um, but he wasn't part of them. Oh. Um, this Wally Badaru. Yeah. So Level 42, they signed to Elite Records in 1980. And by coincidence, their fifth album was called True Colours. Right. Which is the same title as Split Ends' best-selling UK album. Oh, yeah! And they actually got worldwide fame in 1985 when the group's sixth album, World Machine, was described as one of the finest albums or pop albums of the 80s. So that is the album that then got Pushed them, them a bit propelled. Up. Yeah. Which was their sixth album. So they... they oh, so they t- it took a while. Until, yeah. until, as I say, they got their sixth album noticed, I suppose you could say. I'm just trying to find out what songs are on that album. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, where, um, where did that come in the listening? So World Machine, released in 1985. And from that, you had Something About You. Mm-hmm. And that, that was the only hit from it. Oh, and Leaving Me Now. Leaving Me Now. Okay. 
So that was what got them going. And then I think they hit their peak with their next album, which was Running in the Family, which would have had Lessons in Love, um, I'll Be With You Again, It's Over, and Children Say. And when we come to the chart positions, you'll see that that they were high. Okay. I wouldn't say they were like their best songs, though. Especially the, like... Um, something about you and leaving me now, I wouldn't say they're like that great. So, album wise, I mean, World Machine got to number three in the UK album chart, right? And Running in the Family got to number two, right? Yeah, yeah. And then Staring at the Sun that got to number two, and Guaranteed got to number three. Okay, so you can see what I'm saying, their albums were you know good sellers um and i've got a couple of their albums and yeah running in the family is definitely for me a big if you go out and buy it you want to get to know 80s music i think running in the family would be one of those albums you'd say you need to listen to that you know a bit like human league with dare and you know others right so as albums they did really well didn't they yeah um so during the recording of world machine it's alleged that tensions, well, not alleged, it happened because he left the group. Tensions between Phil Gould and Mark King began to surface. And um, Phil Gould, so they're the two that actually formed Level 42. Phil Gould actually left the group. Okay. And Gary Husband was lined up to replace him. However, Gould and King eventually patched up their dispute. So we know that I've already said that Gary Husband does become their drummer. And he almost become it sooner than he actually did. Yeah, yeah. Their seventh album, Running in the Family, saw Level 42 at their peak of their success. However, despite their success, Level 42 were on the brink of splitting up. Oh. Even though the album was a major worldwide success, reaching the top 10 in numerous countries, and as I said, number two over here. Mm. And although... Phil Gould was the most visible, dissatisfied member. It was Boone Gould, his brother, the um, guitarist, who actually was the first to leave. He departed in late 1987. Ooh. But they went through the 80s then. Yeah, yeah. So following the band's support act on Madonna's tour. Mm. Um, oh, Madonna. Yeah, I was going to say you just sort of overlooked that. They were the yeah, that, that, yeah, that Madonna. took a while to yeah. process in my head. Um, Boone, who was the quietest member of the group, surprised both King and Lindup with his sudden departure. However, he had been suffering from nervous exhaustion and wanted to leave the touring lifestyle and settle down to more time with his wife and children. Oh, okay. So he'd been out on tour. With, you know, they, as I said, they were the support act opening act, whatever you want to call them, for Madonna. Mm. And then he, when they got back, he said, That's enough's enough. Thank you. While we're at the top. Yeah, um, I was going to say, like, while you're up out. there, it's like, okay, yeah, I just, I need to, I mean, he ended on a high with Madonna. No, I don't, I don't know whether that was before the Running in the Family album, because that was in 87 uh, so as well. Whether, yeah, yeah. Or after. So I don't know. Um, and then in December 87, so that was definitely would have been after, so he running in the family album, yeah. Phil Gould left the band permanently, citing exhaustion, although his relationship with King had broken down again. Yeah. And prefab Sprout drummer Neil Conti 
was brought in to finish their tour as support for Tina Turner. Oh, so they're so getting in with the big they people. On, they'd been on tour with Madonna mm-hmm. and then Roland Boone Gould departed. Yeah. They then went on tour with Tina Turner. Obviously, they'd released Running in the Family by this time as well, which was obviously doing well in the charts. They went on tour with Tina Turner and midway through, I guess there was a falling out. I don't know. I'm just, uh, do you know what I, I was going to say? Lines. Like, what a falling do out they... with King and Gould. Yeah. And Gould said, I've had enough. I'm exhausted. I can't do it anymore. Yeah. He left. But they were still in the middle of a tour, so they brought, they brought in someone in Sprout, who was it. another good group, probably similar to Level Forty Two. Right. And I, I, I suppose I was more a, a Prefab Sprout fan than Level oh, Forty Two. Would you change over now? You've got um, older. Yeah, I, they've definitely got more hits. Although I, I would, I'm still a. Every now and then, I play a Prefab Sprout album. I do like a Prefab Sprout song. Oh, okay. Um, they brought their drummer in to help finish that tour with Tina Turner. And then after that tour, that's it. They no. Then after that tour, they brought in who do I say? Uh, Alan Murphy. Oh, even though they've lost two members of their band. Well, they brought in Gary Husband already. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then sorry, I'm getting them muddled up. No, um, Boone was the guitarist, so he was replaced by Alan Murphy. Yeah, yeah. Then Phil Gould left. He was originally replaced just for the tour, with Neil Conti from Prefab Sprout. Right. Obviously, Prefab Sprout was still going, I'm yeah. guessing. Neil so Conti went back to him. Mm. And then they brought in Alan Murphy. Uh, sorry, Gary. Um, Gary Husband. Right, okay. So, I'm yeah. with you, I'm with you. Do we know what the little spat between... No, no, no. no it was I... probably musical differences right. or whatever, um, as they went from jazz funk to the more, more commercial, yeah. which obviously done them well because the, the out as the album became show, bigger. Yeah, I think it was one of them didn't the, want to do it. Of, yeah, that it was over musical differences, right. which is normally what it is. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, though, although um, Boone, when he left, he cited obviously, yes, they they said he was um, suffering from nervous exhaustion anyway. And he he said, you know, I want to spend more time with my family. Yeah. He did die, unfortunately, in 2019. What? Of what? And he died from suicide. Oh. Um, he was a known sufferer of bipolar disorder. Had that throughout his life. And, um, yeah. Not too much. He committed suicide in 2019, unfortunately. Oh, that wasn't even that long ago. No, no. Oh. So, yeah. So, um, but Mark King is seen by many as a leading slap bass player. Slap? So I had to look up slap because oh, I knew, yeah, I knew I was he was a leading bass player. I knew that. That yeah, is common yeah. knowledge. But I didn't, I've never come across the slap. No. So slap is a funk groove playing style. So it's on the jazz Oh, side so it's the way that you play it. it. It's funk, not a type. Funk. Yeah, and he's known... So Mark King is known as the guy who put the slap into 80s pop. Oh, okay. So, as I said, they were known as a jazz funk band. So he brought And he's the guy who brought the funk into it. But obviously they then went on to pop, but he was still... Doing his little bit. Sophisticated pop. He was... Yeah, that that is... um, That's kind of what his his little bit. Yeah. I mean, he's... If you look up any top bass players, or definitely from the 80s, even probably now, but... Mark King will more than likely be in some of those lists because he mm. is known as one of the 
bass players and probably bass players of today or definitely in the early noughties who would have known level four, grew up with level 42 he is seen as an influence for for those kind of people so yes so i will now just read through because there is a few it will be like reading out the uh, football results <laughs> so level 42 so their first hit was love games in 1981 well when i say first hit their top 40 hits it yeah. got to number 38 oh so literally just in yeah and then they didn't have another hit until 1983 oh okay. chinese way and good that song. got to number 24 good place then 1983 the sun goes down living it up my favorite which is a good song that got to number 10 okay all right then in 1983, Micro Kid, number 37. Yeah, when a big... Mm-hmm. 1984, Hot Water, number 18. So they're very... Yeah, up and as back, I say, they're, yeah. you know. Then you're getting into now there where they start to get the, the commercial success, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so 1985, Something About You got to number six. Oh, right. Okay. And from the same album, as we said, 1985, Leaving Me Now, got to number 15. Right. Now we're coming into their best album, or as far as hits go, and obviously the charting as far as the album go. So uh, 1986, Lessons in Love, got to number three. Ooh. And as far as the UK goes, that is the the hit, that is the biggest hit you've listened to this week. Oh, yeah, if you take away the... You in Australia and New Zealand. As far as the UK goes, that was the biggest hit. Um, 1987, Running in the Family, number six, which is probably my favourite. 1987, To Be With You Again, number 10. 1987, It's Over, number 10. So as you can see, they had four top 10. So if you have a good selling album, you can sometimes get the hits off of it as well, which is why you see a lot of um, artists back in the 80s they had a good selling album. They'd release as many songs off of that to then, you know, get the the, mo- the biggest impact, I suppose, from it. 1987, Children Say, number 22. Okay. Then you had 1988, Heaven in My Hands. That got to number 12. Good song. 1988, Take a Look, got to number 32. Ooh. Ooh. 1989, Tracy, yeah. number 25. See, I like that song. Oh, I yeah. like that song. Yeah. And then 1989, Take Care of Yourself, number 39. And then I gave you a number, a one from the 90s, because I do like the album and I do like this song, which was guaranteed. And that got to number 17. Okay. I weren't a big fan of that. No? No. Not really. So there you go. That was Level 42, who for me are an underrated. They've never really done it. I mean, album-wise, they... You can't knock what they've, they've done. done well, yeah, but, but you know, no number ones, highest. I mean, yeah, you can't knock lessons in love. I mean, number, no, three. No, number three, yeah. Um, but that's it outside of the top five, and then yeah, top ten, what six top tens. And out of all those songs, yes, yeah, not bad though. No, no, not that bad. Okay, moving on then to our last group. Yeah, talking heads. Along with Tom Tom Club. I was going to say, I take it this is where Tom Tom yes. Club comes out. I've been okay. waiting. been waiting. <laughs> so these are the ones that they sound familiar. 
but I don't know why I don't know whether like once in a lifetime that's the one that re- that really sounds familiar and I don't know whether I know it like uh-huh. I don't like I don't know but they sound yeah they just sound familiar they're up my street a bit like new music you know straight in there catchy songs but the only thing is they're very quiet so they're really nice songs but the vocals are really quiet you said that about split ends I think it was yeah but these are really quite like split ends are more because they're chilled out uh-huh. like it's just a bit needs a bit more oomph to it these I've got that oomph but the song like the vocals are quiet whereas split ends are just quiet these like I don't know like the chorus is like there and then the verses go a bit quiet and I'm kind of like Ooh, what are you saying but then they do have that really nice vocals and it makes it that bit easy, easy listening. But yeah, there's not, I mean, there's not that many, so there's not that much to say, but I did, re- I liked them, like, you know. And that 80s sound again is in there that I can't explain, so I like when I hear, I, don't, I can't explain it, but I mean, I guess most of the songs I ever listened to have that 80s sound because they're in the 80s, but there are just some where you put it on and it's like, I could guess that's the 80s. I don't know, there's just a little... Do these have any of these? Any Because I now start questioning, is the 80s sound to do with, like, a synthesizer? Do they have... Uh, I mean, they did have a keyboardist, but but he was also listed as a guitarist, which would tell me that he wasn't... And they don't... They're not... not, No, I wouldn't say any of their songs, really. So my 80s sound can't be to do with a synthesizer, then? no. So I don't know what it is. I, I can't tell you. And they're actually known as, a, I mean, they are New Wave, which is probably the 80s. But yeah, you said that's a big, quite a big gen, one. You know, yeah. um, and they were known as an art pop group. Oh, that's new. Yeah, I think we have had it before. We've had a, no, we've had an art yeah. rock. Yeah. Oh, okay. Not an art yeah. pop. So mm. I'll be honest, I don't. If I had looked up, I'd have said they were in with the alternative pop sort of thing they're not a pop pop group but okay no uh, they're not pop pop but there's a little bit like of sophisticated pop for me yeah probably it's probably why i put them with level 42 originally when i done the lists yeah like they sound to be fair when you this list putting these together you can hear similarities uh-huh. i just said split more. ends and new music were together and then i had these together but I think oh. the reason I put split ends and new music was they didn't have a they weren't big groups no. they didn't have a lot and I just used them to with level forty two. I'll be honest, I, I was expecting more. I, it, when I first put it together, I was I don't know why I was expecting more songs from Talking Heads. Oh really? Um, you've only had three. Four. I was expecting much more. Three or four? Four. Oh, was it four? I've got three written down. Don't know why. Once in a lifetime, Road to Nowhere. And she was yeah. and burning down the house. Oh yes, burning down. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Come back to burning down the house a bit later. Right, okay. Well, all right. Because I added that on as well, didn't I? Oh yeah, that you did. Yes, you did. On. You did. It's yes. because my the because I didn't I couldn't find split ends and burning down the house. I could I've listened to burning down the house twice. So in my head, that's it was always there, yes. and because I've added it on at the end, talking heads were at the end, so it's with yeah, talking yeah, yeah. heads anyway. It's yes. not separate, right? Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, four, three, but four. Yeah. Yes. But do you know what though? No idea who's in this band because when you watch the videos, you don't see anyone. Like you see one man, but if he's in the band, I don't know. 
I don't know. So it, probably the man you're seeing is David Byrne. Yeah, right. Um, who is the vocalist. He's also a guitarist. Yeah, in Once in a Lifetime, that video he was doing, yeah. obviously, his vocal. You also had Chris France on drums, Tina Weymouth on bass, and Jerry Harrison on, as I said, keyboards, stroke, guitar. Right, okay. Oh, so not a big band? No, no, no. Where do you think they're from? I was going to say British. They were formed in 1975 in New York, US. They're oh, okay. Right. As I said, they're a new wave on pop band. Um, and they, so they were formed in 1975. They disbanded in 1991. Oh, okay. So they, oh. left. Now I understand why you expected more from them. Although they were like the longest yeah. ones out of this week. Um, so David Byrne left, although the other band members performed under the name The Shrunken Heads. Because <laughs> obviously they were, because more, they were someone had left. <laughs> Which I thought was that's quite very clever. Yeah. I like that. And they released one album in 1986 under the Shrunken Heads. But they carried on till the 1990s. No, that's when he left in the 1990s. He left in 1991. They then carried on as the Shrunken Heads and released just one album. And then I guess they disbanded. Did you say that album was released in 96? Oh, I put, yeah, I've written down 86. I don't know why I've wrote that down. Right, okay. I yeah. thought, I, do you know what? I was like, why no, am I no. mishearing that you've just said 86? Guess, oh, That's I'm why I'm confused, confused because I've you've said 86. <laughs> I don't know why I've written 86. Or whether, maybe, whether they'd already disbanded. They might have disbanded before then. And they might have disbanded in 86 because that was their last hit. But ah. David Byrne didn't actually say officially until 91. I don't think. Right, know. okay. Um, that might fit in then because... That fits in with how where their timeline is. In 2002, they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Really? And Once in a Lifetime was included among the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's top 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. Once in a Lifetime, Rock and Roll? Yes, yeah. I am rubbish at knowing where things lie. Oh, I am as well. Like I wouldn't that say that's a rock, rock song. song. But... No. Yeah. I like that song, but I wouldn't say it was a uh, rock. Yeah. So they had already sort of not split, but David Byrne put the the, the group on hiatus. Right. Yeah. Hiatus, whatever you want to call it, where hiatus. they sort of didn't yeah. do anything. Yeah. So Tina Weymouth and Chris France. So the drummer and the bass player. Yeah. Um, they got married in 1977. Oh. Okay. Oh God, don't tell me they broke up and that's why. And they have up. two sons and they're still together. So I'm, I can. Oh, okay. okay. Right. Okay. But as a side project, while Talking Heads were on a break. Yeah. They founded the Tom Tom Club. Oh, right. So that's how that comes in. So right? that's how that comes in. So out. are they the Tom Tom Club or did they, they just... were I, I didn't look into it too much. I think there was probably more of a band. People in with it, yeah. I didn't look into it, but they formed it. They were obviously definitely in it. And they had one hit with Wordy Rapping Hood. Yeah, you can tell it's blooming wordy, can't you? <laughs> I quite liked it. You liked it? I thought it was, yeah. I thought, it was, I thought okay. it was weird. I literally <laughs> wrote down when I first when I listened to it. I literally wrote down WTF. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, what? 
It was Isn't different. It? Yeah, very different. Yeah, yeah. Like, Wait, what I suppose it was that? early rapping. It was early rapping. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, when you put it like that. But all they were doing is like big words, bold words, small words, difficult words. Like what? Words were basically saying lot, word it? words. <laughs> like what? Like, and that's all I could focus on. Didn't write anything besides they've literally just said some words. Sounds weird. What even is it about? Literally sounds and saying words. That's all I could think of it. And then all that's in my head is them going big words, small words, bold words. Like, no. Odd. So they released one They released one album. As Tom Tom Club, or are we back to Talking Heads? No, Tom Tom Club. Right, okay. They released one album, and funny enough, self-titled Tom Tom Club, in 1981. <laughs> It only got to number 78. I'm not surprised. Single-wise, though. So, Wordy Rapping Hood got to number seven. No, it didn't. It got to number seven. Do you know why? That's people being intrigued. That's intriguing. <laughs> not because it was good. That's people being like... And I don't remember it. I, I mean, it's before me. Um, or my. When you, you know, were really what, into it. Eight. I've, yeah, it was before my time as far as getting into music, I suppose. But... I've never heard it before. And it's only when I was doing this and I found out that they were married, I looked into them and then I found out they created the Tom Tom Club. I thought, what the hell's the Tom Tom Club? Looked into it, saw they had a top 10 hit. And I thought, hang on there, we need to be talking about this. I then listened to it. And I got to be honest. You like it? It was okay. I'm not saying a lot, but it, I, yeah, it was, I, I thought it was quite, I mean, it's even the bit with the old McDonald's. If anything, it's tuned, laughable. The old McDonald's tuning in it. It's just weird. Yeah. But was it the first it's odd. kind of rapping? You know? Yeah, that, that I'll take, that I'll take. But that's what I mean, like, were people just more intrigued in it and that's why it did so well, because I can't really see. I bet it was listened to, bought, listened to once, maybe twice, and shoved to the back of a cupboard. Yeah, yeah, more than, as I say. The Do you know what this is like? To... Who was it that formed Arcadia? Duran Duran? Yes like that and it yeah which was a side project yeah so and was you know. absolute rubbish <laughs> so yeah they, they had an album only got to number as i said 78 and then their singles number seven rapid wordy rapping hood i can't even and take that name seriously genius of love got to number 65 i'll come back to that in a minute and then they done a cover of Under the Boardwalk from the Drifters, um, 1964 hit. Oh, okay. And they got to number 22 with that in 1982. Right. Now, just to um, put into into thing, Wordy Rapping Hood did get to number one. Where? In Belgium. Well, <laughs> what? I just literally <laughs> I can't even... Well, I'd say to anyone listening, look up Tom Tom Club, Wordy Rapping Hood. Yeah, have a listen, but I I am pre-warning yeah. you. Let us know your feedback on our Twitter at Dad Educates and let us know what you think if you agree with Rebecca and it is just I mean, yeah, I agree yeah. it's weird, but I I think weird in a good you way. Like, you think weird in a bad I way. I think weird in a very odd way. Yeah. Be interested to know what people think. Yeah. It's not a song that I remember. People might remember it. Yeah. My wife does. I don't. But um yeah, it's um 
I, I liked it. I thought, you know, it, it, does Yvonne it like in it? With the, yeah, yeah, she likes it. She remembers Yvonne it. likes it. She likes, yeah. For goodness sake, what are you people? She remembers it. You're not a very odd people. I mean, if she remembers it, I guess she's got a different view on it altogether. But you're very weird people. So, yeah. Carry on. Um, so, yeah, they, as I said, they also covered the Drifters 1964 hit Under the Boardwalk. That got to number 22. That was in 1982. And then they had two other songs, The Man with the Four-Way Hips. I don't know what that sounds like. I haven't even I don't even want to know. Because it, it got to number 82. But just Right, so there's, it's nowhere. And then Don't Say No got to number 79. Okay. But yeah, the man with the four-way hips, that was in 1983. And then Don't Say No. So they obviously carried back on with the Tom Tom Club after Talking after Heads had split up because that was in 1988. So that was a bit on the Tom Tom Club that I just wanted to go into with a little bit. And as the same, Wordy Rapping Hood was a top 10 hit. Fair enough. And it's only right that you looked into it. They've got a lot of songs, you know. Yeah, there you go. They do exist on Spotify. It's a very lot. Oh, I found the Dulux edition of their Tom Tom Club album. Yeah. It's very, they've got a lot of songs. I mean, it's not going to be something that I look into. So, Wordy Rapping Hood, top 10 hit, number <laughs> seven in the UK. But for those in Belgium, well done, number one. They got a number one hit. Maybe they're odd too. They actually done better than Talking Heads themselves. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but with one song in Belgium. <laughs> A number one's a number one. If I got a number one in some obscene, well, Belgium's not even in a, a, a small country. It's, you know, it's a, a major country in Europe. I would be happy getting a number one in Belgium. Yeah, personally. but it's not UK or America, is it? No, no. So, well, they still got a top ten hit in the UK. You take that. Yeah. So you look. You well, not you. You didn't buy it, but people be weird. I think it's more of an. In, people were like, "Oh, what's this about?" So, carrying on then away from that was a bit on the Tom Tom Club. Yeah, just to include them, um, it was a side project from Talking Heads, Chris France and Tina Weymouth, who were a married couple. Yeah, we will now go back to Talking Heads. So, Talking Heads, five albums they had in the eighties. Oh, they had eighteen total altogether right. albums, but they only had one top ten hit. Oh, wonder what that one is. You said interesting to my favourite, didn't you? I did. Intrigue. I bet that's uh, on the back end of the top 40. Now, just before I go through their three hits in the UK, Burning Down the House. Yeah. Okay. So Burning Down the House failed to make the charts in the UK. Oh, okay. However... It was their biggest charting single in the US, mm. reaching number nine and becoming their only top 10 hit. So it just shows you, as we said earlier, about the difference between our music taste and Australia's music taste, New Zealand. Yeah. It's the same with the how many British bands have gone over to America and not, not made, made been successful. Mm. Burning Down the House, Maybe the biggest hit of Talking Heads... Venom on our own American band in their own country didn't even chart in the UK. Yet usually we go hand in hand. Now I like it. I like Burning oh, Down I the didn't. House. And people will know about it 
because it was covered by Tom Jones and the Cardigans in 1999. Mm. And like Wordy Wapping Hood, it reached number seven. Now, I listened to the Tom Jones version. Yes, I did give you that too. Yeah, I prefer the Tom Jones version. Yeah? Yeah. Which is probably why it done better over here. But I do, I mean, I did like the Talking Heads version. But yeah, I suppose, again, I heard the Talking Heads version after I already knew about, because it was only when I was listening, I thought, oh, what's this burning? Obviously, I looked up to them and said their biggest hit was burning. I thought, hang on, what's that? where's that come from? Looked it up. Couldn't find it anywhere for a UK, obviously, as I say, because it never done anything. I then listened to it. I thought, I know this song. Then uh, found out it and then looked into that more. And obviously it was covered by Tom Joe. I then listened to Tom Joe and go, yes, I remember this. Right. But I suppose I had subconsciously heard the Tom Jones already. Yeah. And then I heard, obviously, the original. I suppose if I'd heard the original before the the, the, the other version, I'd have gone... Well, this is, yeah, I don't know. I might have said, oh, this is, but yeah. Well, I listened to it basically at the same time. Uh huh. Like it was like, not one after another. I listened to the original, then I did my split ends bits, extras, and then I did the Tom Jones and Uh preferred the Tom Jones. But then I did go back and I was like, oh, do I prefer this one? Went back and listened to the original. I was like, no, I definitely prefer Tom Jones. Yeah, didn't really. Yeah, and as I say, didn't didn't chart, but in America, biggest, their biggest hit. And their only top 10 hit. And that's a big thing in America to get a top 10 hit. It's a big thing over here. But yeah, because there's there, so much. It's, it's big. And, I think you know, it's even so bigger. For burning down yeah. a house to, to make it, you know, over there is big. So Talking Heads, three songs. 1981, Once in a Lifetime. Yep. Number 14. Oh, okay. 1985, Road to Nowhere. My favourite. Number six. Oh, so it saved them. It did do better than Wordy Rapping Hood. <laughs> and then 1986, and she was number 17. Okay, yeah, they did. And well as you can see, they've done that, you know. All top, four, just, all top 20. I was shocked that Talking Heads weren't as big yeah. over here as I thought they were. So they were bigger in America. Because their songs are really good. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's where they're from. Right. As I say, like, obviously over there, they had Burning Down the House as well. Yeah. Um, and they probably had others. Um, without yeah, they probably had way looking, more. Um, or having looked at it. Oh, just, sorry, just before I sign off, going back to the Tom Tom Club. Yeah. Um, I said about Genius of Love. Yeah. I only got to number 68, but I said I'll come back to that. It was actually used... By I will read it. The song heavily samples Tom Tom Club's 1981 song "Genius of Love" and incorporates various other beats and grooves arranged by the former. Okay, and they are talking about Mariah Carey's "Fantasy." Oh, oh. So yes, so Mariah. I mean, not that I know what "Genius of Love" sounds uses samples of "Genius of Love." By the Tom Tom Club, which only got to number sixty-eight over here. Ooh. So yes, I mean, not that I know what Genius of Love sounds like, but no, and I'll be honest, yeah, I haven't really listened still... to it, or and I don't really know what Fantasy is by Mariah Carey, but um, yeah, okay, yes, okay, hit or miss? Then this will be an interesting one. Why? Because I don't know. You don't know. I, I, I've definitely know I've got a hit. I know that. I, I definitely know I've got a hit. I think definitely, I think, funny enough, I think it's new music that I would put my money on as being a hit. 
The others, I'm not sure. All right. See, for me, they're all a hit this week. Uh, maybe maybe split ends because there was only one to go by. But obviously, I gave you their other songs, which are hits in Australia and New Zealand, which could have been hits over there here if had they been yeah. released. Although, yeah, they were and they weren't. But yeah, the fact that you've actually picked your best song as one of those other songs puts it in the balance. But that might be a miss. But the other two, I don't know. And obviously, I, I'm obviously Tom Tom Club is going to be a miss. I know that. <laughs> so we'll start then with new music. It's it's a hit. Yeah, it's a I've, hit. I, thought it was. I I feel like they're a bit of a. I wish there was more. Like I literally wish there was more. Yeah. Like they they are right up my street. Them really enjoyed new music. Like didn't dislike any of the three songs that you gave me at all. Loved them all. And, and it the was fact quite you hard. Sanctuary to is your your favorite one. You know. Yeah. I've, when you said it, I was thinking, oh, this is this is good. You've got yeah. with not the obvious living by numbers. Yeah. I did really like living by numbers, and I did nearly go for yeah, it, yeah, but nice, not even joking. Song. Usually, so usually when I pick my favorites, I listen to all of them, and then so I like them on Spotify, yeah. the ones that I like, and I'll kind of go back unless any have really stuck out to me and there's only a couple and I'm like, oh, it's out of these ones. I'll go back and re-listen to them and see which one I'm like, yeah, this one. But with new music, I was listening and I didn't, I forgot that there was only three. So I listened to Sanctuary and literally halfway through, I wrote it down as my favourite and then the next one came and I was like, oh, that's all of the new music anyway. I'm done but I didn't even wait till the song was finished I just went for it and I thought there was more songs I really enjoyed that song that's how much I liked it okay split ends split ends was a miss I just think they're a bit too chilled for me they're just a bit too I'm waiting for the oomph too much so they're a miss level 42 I went for a miss Ooh. yeah so I could have been on the fence about them, but it was more a miss just because. So the songs that I like, I do really like, um, you know, like the Tracy, Heaven in My Hands, um, the Sun Goes Down, Chinese Way, like, you know, they're more up ones. Like even Running in the Family, I like that, Lessons and Love, like they're big ones. But the others, like there's just some that are a bit too eh. Like they're a more a pick and choose but as a whole, I don't think they're just a bit too, there's too much of a vast. How else I can't even think about a genre, I can't put them anywhere. That's just taken it away from me. Like pick where you want to be, pick what type of music you want. And yeah, obviously you can do different bits with it to make it all like, you don't want to listen to music that's exactly all the same, but they were just a bit up and downy with it all. So yeah, they were a miss. I'll pick the music from them. Tom Tom Club? Don't even. They're, no, we're not going there. They're just, why would they even be a hit? They're part of it. They're miss. They're a top Big 10 miss. hit. We're not even going there. <laughs> top 10 hit. Go away. Like, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Like, I can't believe you let me put that into my brain. And Isn't that song again? is in my is memory. It's a good song. No, no, it's not. <laughs> I, um, oh my goodness, no. But Talking Heads, they're a hit. Really enjoyed them. Oh, good, good. I really enjoyed Talking Heads. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, they were really good. Like, I'd like more of them too. Yeah, I, I yeah. as I you say, I was shocked part. that they didn't. I, I mean, I've, I have got their album downstairs. I think it's like the greatest hits. Okay. It hasn't only got three songs on it. <laughs> the so only one that out. I didn't like. And I just looked, even, even in America, they weren't. So they were like a real cult 
band and and they are oh. class funny enough on here rock oh really oh it has got rock as well i didn't write down rock no, i didn't no, rock, even, even though i then went and put their inducted in the rock yeah. and roll of fame. Um, but even in america you know as i said you know burning down the house was their biggest hit and it really was because they didn't have anything big after that certainly not in the 80s i mean there's nothing i can't even see where road to nowhere and um road to nowhere number 25 um and that was in the u.s main rock chart not the top billboard 100 that was just in the oh. and then once in a lifetime number 91 in the u.s billboard interesting Ooh. so yeah not they didn't weren't big even in America, even though since they have got big. Yeah. So they are one of these bands that people have got into after the event, I suppose. Um, but yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, there was, um, and she was that that charted across all of the US main charts. So number fifty four in the Billboard one top one hundred, number thirty three in the dance chart, and number eleven in the rock chart. It got to number nine in Ireland. Oh. So, yeah, and she was obviously number 17 in England or UK. Um, so, yeah, they're um, a, a good band. I mean, I'd, I've got their greatest hits and it's, a you know, yeah. Yeah. It was a good week. Good good listen to. Yeah, I'm, I'm you know, disappointed level 42. But I suppose in the 80s, I'd have probably even said, yeah, oh, okay. It's only now that I yeah. appreciate like, I do like much. their music, but I just feel like they need to narrow it down a bit more. Narrow it down? What do you mean? As in, like, stick down one lane oh, okay. instead of being, like, here, there, uh, and everywhere. I suppose you've just got to look at their commercial stuff then, that 1985 to 1987. Mm. And that's where I did like most of the songs. Something about you, leaving me now, lessons in love, running in the family, yeah. to be with you again, it's over. Though that. Yeah, yeah. And I did like a few of them. Like, I didn't like leaving me now, but. Uh-huh. But not enough to put it No, aside. no. Yeah. Because the others were a bit me. I can't explain it. Hey, you got two out of four. Okay. Five. Yeah. Was, yeah. If, yeah, if we can even. That's two out of five. We can even include. Tom Tonga. In my head, they're not included, but yeah. They have to be. All right. Well, they are. So two out of five. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, new music's good. You, As I say, had you not done this, you'd probably never have come across those. No. And I was not. surprised to, you know, when I saw Tony Mansell, I was like, I know that name. I know him. Mm. So yeah. <laughs> okay. I suppose now then you want to know next week's. Go on then. Who have I got next week? Yeah. You have Lynx, not the uh, deodorant spray, but the band. <laughs> Kid Creole and the Coconuts. What on earth? Okay. Fun Boy 3. Oh, you mentioned them, haven't you? And Tight Fit. Okay. So I recognise Fun Boy 3, but only because you've mentioned them. They're ones yeah. that, you know, you've spoken about. Yeah. Like the three people came from different places, didn't they? Yeah, they were the specials. That's it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that is it. We'll see what it's like. So hopefully you'll enjoy them, but we will find out next week. Yeah. Okay. All right then. Other than that. And um, I'm just looking at the following week, and yeah, you got some good songs the following week. Oh, okay. You got high hopes now. Two two big groups. You'd have heard of them. All right. Two big groups. 
Well, let's get through this week first. Yes, (laughs) I will get those. I will get the songs over to you from this week or these groups. And um, it's not. It's not a big week actually. Looking at how many there are, you 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 might be able to fit in your own music by the end of the week. To be honest, you might even get to listen to them by Wednesday. To be honest, Um, not many at all. All right then. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I will say goodbye. It's been a good. um, I've enjoyed this week. Yeah. um, I did enjoy it. We'll see how next week goes. Yeah. All right then. Yeah. All right. See you. All right. See you next week. Bye. Bye, Dad.